Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Cleansing Protection Magic, binaural production engineer Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in becoming a contributor to the show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without any further ado, our guest for today is Jim Hunt. He is psychic, a medium, and paranormal investigator. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you very much, Gary, for having me. This is going to be an awesome evening. Yes, it is. So I was just interviewing another psychic medium a couple days ago, and he had mentioned that all mediums are psychic. All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Is that true? 100%. Why is that? Um, I, I believe it's just what we're given as tools in this craft of paranormal. Um, just like the clairvoyant and uh, spiritual advisors in certain ways, some psychics just have certain feelings to they get their words through their third eye, through their crown chakra, but I tend to get it directly in front of me. I'm speaking to someone that I'm actually looking at in spirit form. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why it always happens, but I find that um, there are so many good psychics out there that don't even need to have a, a medium personality to use it. And uh, I, I've met quite a few that are excellent psychics at that point. And they don't, visually see who they're talking to but they're talking to them like me except i see them all hmm. that's the crazy stuff is it medium um see dead people uh on a daily basis daytime nighttime it's uh it's a part of life i've grown up this way so i don't know any other way so what was that like for you as a child when you first started having these experiences like do you ever have to like, try to explain it to your parents or whatever and they're like oh no it's just your imagination or whatever and then you start to try to dismiss it but it keeps happening <laughs> um childhood was a little bit difficult at times um my mother was uh, very intuitive um again a psychic not being able to see the dead uh from my mother's side um I would explain to her the things that I would see and she would just say, you know what, right now, try not to share that with anyone. Try and keep that with us. Keep it within the family just in case. And understandably, where I grew up in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, they had a church on every corner. So uh, if you didn't do the sign of the cross as you walked by a church every every day, the priest would know for some strange reason and you'd be called into confession saying why you didn't do it. So if they knew that they had a psychic around, uh, it was it was not a very pleasant thing to be a part of. So your mom had an ability too. This is another mm -hmm. common thing that I hear from almost everybody. 
is that it almost seems hereditary. And like, like did your mom, was, your, was, was they like a great grandparents or grandparents also um, have I it? had a grandmother as well, native. That was uh, quite intuitive. But uh, sadly, um, uh, I believe, uh, I don't think that she was able to handle it as much. And sadly, alcohol took her life because of it. That's terrible. So some people can handle this, but some can't. And I'm sort of like, I'll always be upfront and honest with people and let them know this is what it is. It's a part of life for some of us. Mm-hmm. We just have to get used to it. Interesting. So what do you think it is? Why do you think it is passed down hereditarily? Do you think it's a genetic thing, like the way our brains are wired that makes it more of a receiver? Um, I th- we have past lives. We come here with a purpose. We're here to grow, to learn, and to move on to other planes. I have a very strong belief of of understanding things, <clears throat> that there are 10 separate soul levels that you go through. And um, I believed in that long before um, uh, there's a book about it. Um, and. I just learned so quickly how fast I caught up to a lot of my soul levels as a child into my teens, well, from my adolescence into my teens, into my 20s and 30s as it goes on now into my 60s. And um, I was able to catch up to a lot of my past lives that I was able to feel and grasp a lot easier. It just wasn't a fun time doing all of these things all over again but I was doing them a lot quicker. So I was starting to understand more about life than most people my age and not taken away from anybody's education, but my life skills were definitely different than other people's. Hmm. So what are these 10 levels? Whoa, um, you're catching me sort of off guard. So the first few levels, like the levels one, two, and three are almost like Neanderthal in a way. Um, uh, they have religion that will control their environment and their uh, how they live, how they're brought up. Politics is going to be a second level, which will include the religious aspect of it and the political aspect of it. So that's levels one and two. Level three will be more assertive, where you become more independent for yourself all of a sudden. So you're believing in your religion. You're believing in a political view, but there's sort of like an industrial age that you're going through where you're learning your mechanical skills or learning about life itself, hunting, gathering, that type of thing, Uh, living off the land, um, which is still done in today's society. Four and five is they're taking all of those skills and they're bringing into more of a self-awareness at a, a soul level four and then soul level five is more indeed that you're becoming strongly more independent this is where you uh, become more uh, self-controlled you'll either have your own business or you'll run a business or you'll become a manager you know or you'll you'll lead people so you have leadership qualities there but they're still the, um, controlled by religion, the industrial side, 
trying to be politically correct, always following something. And then when you get into six and seven, that's when you become more independent. You don't follow rules very well. You listen very well, but you don't follow the rules. You try and be as independent as possible. And this is when you're always in controversy or, um, for instance, what's happening in our world today where you have the maskers, the non-maskers, the antivirus, the virus, all of those type of things. That's where this seventh level comes in because you're very controversial. You're trying to be in control. You want to share everything that you idealize and you believe in. And then that is another soul level. You come up to eight and eight is something where you look at yourself as more a complete independent. You have your own views, your own ideas. You're probably somebody who's written many books or you're a professor. You're teaching other people how life is. And uh, the belief system, you have a lot of followers, you become the president of the United States or of whatever country, and you still have all of those facets of politics, religion, self-awareness, independence, and all of that other stuff. But at the eighth level, all of a sudden, you become a little bit more spiritual. Then you start understanding that, how did I get from point A to point B? You start understanding, or like me, you're seeing dead people, you're reading people's aura colors, you're seeing a little bit of a different spectrum. You go from uh, a one and two dimensional into three and four dimensional at that point. And you start sharing your gifts and your ideas of what we have uh, when we start having the beliefs of UFOs, extraterrestrials, and we'll be strong in that. We'll believe in that a lot more. We just sometimes have to be secretive about it and then you have the nine and ten where you've taken everything of all of your past lives and they come together so amazingly and as you get to our to my age it seems like you're looking at things you're looking at the world differently and it's not a maturity thing it's just something that you've picked up and you've gained quite a bit and then 10 is obviously that you're going to enter finish off what you've done on this earthly side, you're not going to come back to earth and you're going to move into a different plane. And that's what I pick up. That's a long story for me to answer. But that's pretty cool though. I've never, I've never heard that model. It's really interesting. You know, I said, I guess I've put myself somewhere around eight. There you go. Although at, at, at this level of eight, I think I'm mostly perceived as insane. Yes, we are, because we have these ideas that people are having a hard time having a concept of or wanting to understand it or wanting to believe it, but then you're going to be thumbed down by the man or you're going to be interfered with, you're going to be zipped up or you're going to go missing. I hate it when I go missing. (laughs) Me too. I think I've gone missing a couple of lives. (laughs) Um, so at what point after like, you, you were growing up, you start having these experiences. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you probably went to college or something like that or work afterwards. I did. Yep. Um, did you use your abilities to your advantage? Like during that period of like going to college and starting a career and stuff like that? 
I was very afraid to use it. Uh, and the times that I used it, they weren't very good situations or they were putting people uh, in a place where they would look at you strange. I get always the strange looks. I'm so used to it by now. Uh, you, you know how women hate the elevator look. I get the elevator look in a completely different way going, this guy's off his rocker. I got to move on. I'm not going to even sit to <laughs> sit next to him at a table. But they're also intrigued as well. So I guess, I guess it's just, I, I, there was nothing for me to use for my advantage. Um, uh, people always say, well, you must be a millionaire because you can see the future and, and you can bet on games or football games or hockey games or something like that. I'm going, I love sports more than anybody else. But if I'm going to tell you that somebody's going to win the Stanley Cup or uh, the Super Bowl, I've always been wrong. And I've been wrong <laughs> for 45 years. So that's not working to my advantage. Right. Um, but I have used it to save my ass. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to use that? Sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in that way, you know, we... When you mentioned like those those stages, like the Neanderthal part of it, like those earlier stages hmm. of development, like those are the stages where we really kind of have to depend on our gut a whole lot. Oh, you know, hundred percent. So, so in some ways, it's almost like we go a little bit in a circle. We go into that circle, Gary, but we go into the circle a lot quicker. So I've been around many times and i've done past life regressions with an amazing hypnotist and she is just out of this world and we have gone so far back into some word some lives and languages that i will speak that i've never spoken before in this lifetime but uh fluent mandarin out of nowhere and i'm going are you are you out of your mind because i've listened to the tapes and then you have somebody else listen to it and they're just flabbergasted by it because they don't even know how, like you have to have a specific way or a twang of some sort to be able to say something. Otherwise you might insult someone. And I was saying it almost perfect. Wow. So what we do is we learn so quickly as to who we are. And I've absorbed all of this and I'm telling you in this life and how I'm feeling it. Cause I'm, I finished my eighth in this lifetime and I'm sitting at nine ten now. So I float back and forth because I will use all of my past lives and all of my experiences in this life and just say, wow, I've caught up to that. Or no, you know what? That guy looks like a serial killer. I got to stay away from that person. And, and that's seriously, or I'm going to befriend this person and you give them every opportunity in the world. But as a psychic, not the medium side, but the psychic side of me going, they're going to screw this up and I'm going to screw it up somehow or we're going to lose our friendship over something stupid. And it happens either two years later, four years later, ten years later, you just lose that person. So you usually end up with one or two friends in your lifetime that mm-hmm. will stay with you permanently. And that is part of our cycle. We don't keep friends because they are conduits to our education in each soul life hmm do you believe in soul groups in soul like group incarnate reincarnation a hundred percent um they scare me uh and i i i'm not afraid of the dead whatsoever but 
I can sit during dead time and focus and try and control my interests of what's going on and trying to leave everything alone. And then these deja vus will come out and it's almost like I've had the taste, the sense, the feeling of this either anguish or upset or all of these things that have taken place. And it's very upsetting to know that it's happened before and why I'm doing it, but I did it better this time than I did whenever it was. Like I'm really confident in myself nowadays where I had no confidence 10 years ago, none. And all of a sudden, boom, it just clicked because I knew what I wanted. I knew what I'm going for and it just worked. And it just, I have this snowball effect of feeling very good as to what I'm doing. That's great. At, at that level of like the nine and 10, do you reach a point where you're no longer judging? Okay. The, this is what I'm having. And this is why I'm going to sit at nine, 10 this lifetime and do it all over again. Cause I goddamn judge. <laughs> it's the hardest uh, thing. <laughs> it is because you're looking going, why are you doing that? Like, stop it. And you're, you, you even want to interfere with this person's life skill and just say, you're going to hurt yourself. If you're going to jump off that cliff without a parachute, you're going to die. But I, I, I judge, but not as much as I used to. What I do now is I see that happening. I'm going, I've judged it, but I'm not going to get involved with it. And I'll step away. But my judgments now are very, very internal. I don't speak in, or I don't tell my wife or my children or my best friend, hey, that guy's an asshole. And I, I, I can't do that. I want to, mm -hmm. but I won't. Interesting. Um, does being psychic actually, like when you run into somebody and you see them doing those type of things or, or doing the destructive behavior, as a, a, a psychic, intuitive, um, empath, being empathetic to, to their, what they're going through, does that help you to understand some of their motives and where they're at and why they're doing it? I can, uh, right away, I'll sit there and that's my judgment going, wow, that's a third soul level and they're not going anywhere because I'll just like, I can't change them. They're not going to change. This is as far as they're going to go. It's like, us running into a wall constantly and doing this loop over and over and over again because they have to perfect that third soul life to move up to another life. And if they get away with it in a lifetime like I've done from moving from 8 into nine, ten, some of us get lucky in a lifetime to be able to do that. And I think as we get into higher levels, it does happen. But I can sit there and watch somebody struggle. And I'm a life coach because I am an intuitive life coach and I've helped. Now I'm on the thousands, which I love. And I will tell them, this is why you are doing this still. Your past life, you were a fireman. You didn't put out the fire. You actually watched the fire grow. You were a, you know, you were a pyromaniac and you're the one who created them. And they're looking at me going, wow, I, I understand that sort of because when I go into a meeting, I create the I create the problem that's not even there and I make people fight and argue and I'm going that's part of your lesson that you have to learn to 
back off. Sometimes you can't talk, just listen. And, and I tend to find that these people in life coaching, they, they get it. They start to understand, oh, that's why I've done this because my past life, I was doing this or uh, I'm always argumentative because I was always passive in the past life. This time they went overboard and they went the other way. So you've got to get them to understand what they did in the past that is feeding them into this soul life and tell them, hey, correct this now before you have to come here and do it all over again. Because I'm not bullshitting you. I am coming back. I have no choice. When you tell people that kind of thing, do you ever run into people saying like, well, how can you prove that I've had a past life? You see, this is where I sort of matured. Um, I rarely get asked that question, and you're asking for the audience now, which I get that would ask those questions. But I'm getting people who are more genuine saying, I feel a blockage or I'm unhappy. Hmm. So maybe that's what's done it to me is my past life. I do like the skeptics, but I take the skeptics on because I'm being an asshole and I really want to prove a point. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't think you'd expect this today, did you? <laughs> so it's interesting. It's really interesting. Um, it's, I, I've never thought of any of this from this particular point of view. Um, you know, I mean, in, in, in some ways, it's kind of like the Ascension model, but not really because it's, it's way more personal, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm at eight. I'll probably spend a couple hundred more lifetimes on eight because I'm terrible at relationships. <laughs> okay. But the reason is when I'm looking at you and I, it's just like a little mini reading here. Is because um, it's things that you put up with in your 20s that is a reflection of who you are today. And it was all because of your past of being left to the side. You're, you were abandoned in two past lives. One as a woman, one as a male. And that's your guides telling me this. And I'm watching them. Mm -hmm. And they feel bad for you. But they also tell me that you're going to clean that up because you are actually going to start trusting again. Hmm. Sorry. It's just what it's, I do. It's interesting because, you know, like, you know, actually, like right now, I'm, I am going through a divorce. That's why I say I'm terrible at relationships. <laughs> and, right. and my plan is like, you know what? Maybe I just don't need them. Maybe I don't need relationships anymore. Maybe I can just fly on my own, do what I want, and more, live more of a life of service to, to humanity than to just uh, one person. Okay. And this is the soul level eight. You, What you've just said there is amazing. But think about this. We, and so many people will argue and not argue with me. We need... <laughs> We need people in our lives. We need that responsibility so that we can learn on a soul level to help people. Do we have we how often have we just lived on our own and tried to work on our own and feeling the emptiness or the loneliness that so many people across our world are feeling? 
they tried that and it doesn't work for them. They need that company. They need that companionship. And um, you can watch your TV shows on the reality TV shows and the people that want to live in the wilderness on their own and just with an axe and a flint thing. And that is their prerogative, but they are on a soul level of a three. Mm-hmm. So they don't, relationships don't show interest. You've had multiple past lives, and what you're trying to do is rectify and understand who you are, and you forgot about you. And all of a sudden, between your relationship and my relationship, because I've been married before, um, I outgrew them. And I'm not, like, there's always two sides to every story, but she also outgrew me, Mm -hmm. and we were at loggerheads. So there was no way that the compatibility that we had 30 years ago was going to work anymore. So we just said, you know what? It was, it, this was a pleasure. We had a couple of children. Enjoy your life. I'm going to enjoy mine. And there we go. But I wish everybody would just let that go. Stop with the, uh, you had four cars in your driveway, so I want three. And you're going to just keep the one because you were an asshole in my, in my marriage. It's, it's a mutual thing to me. And it's, it's a bond of energy that is together that all of a sudden, the Big Bang Theory, it exploded. It's no longer valid anymore. So if you're compatible to one another, you're compatible to letting each other go in a peaceful manner. And that's what I try and teach people in life coaching through divorce. Just look at what's in front of you. Don't settle. At, like don't settle for yourself just because you you don't mm-hmm. want this believe what's yours show them that and you two be the mediators don't let somebody else mediate for you just finish it off be amicable and see you later because you might have kids in this or if you don't you'll have friends that will just say oh i can't invite gary to the party because wilma's going to be there and you're just going <laughs> to go well you know screw wilma i'm still going like but you want that friendship. You don't want that hard time. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but in our, in my soul's purpose of eight, nine, I'm more spiritual in the sense of letting things go. But when a friendship ends or a relationship ends and it doesn't end well, just walk away. Just end it, cut ties, move on. You'll make your money. You're not going to die homeless and off you go. Mm-hmm. That's what... Sorry. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I wonder about love. Like, why do human beings, or what is your opinion? Like, what is the purpose of love? Do you think love is a divine thing that people are supposed to embrace? Or is it a man-made thing that we use to make ourselves feel safe? Okay, so you're going to get disowned again with me talking about this one. But Catholicism, <laughs> Catholicism has put that on us as human beings. On the spiritual level, you can't just love one person for the rest of your life. And it's great and it's beautiful if you have. But imagine how much you've lost in between all of that. Animals, uh, except for a few of them, uh, they stay together forever. Ducks do, geese do, those type of things. You know, I don't know what other animals do because I'm not in the animal kingdom, to be honest with you. But the human race, we 
we are made to be amongst ourselves as a village and love one another. And I'm not saying um, uh, go go down to Johnny's house and take his wife because you like her. That's not what I'm saying. But it's we got to let our freedom of choice allow us to be free. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, thank you very much. Let's move on. But that's it's too complicated. Um, Catholicism made rules and regulations of thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife only because he was worried that Joe was going to take his wife anyway. So he decided to put that in the Bible. You know, that's my opinion. Sorry. I'm going to get so much hate mail on this. One. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is, is it possible? I'm going to combine these two, two weird, two topics here. Is it possible <laughs> that I could be being haunted or tormented by a spouse from a previous life to mess up all my relationships in this one? A hundred percent. We come to this earth every time we are reincarnated with contracts, contracts from our past lives. What we've, what I've just started to learn in the last five years is we need to speak to our higher selves or get a, good intuitive a good clairvoyant a good medium to be able to talk to your higher self and start asking the universe why do you have a contract with that person anymore we need to let it go let's cancel those contracts for your next life to come and it becomes better and better and better that's why i have very few contracts left in this lifetime to honor but when i come back i will have none and that's including my new daughter. Hmm. So that's kind of like um, a spiritual lawyer. A hundred percent. I got to. Re- I'm using that for my book. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, and it's it's accepting of that. And I find when I reduce some of those contracts, I emotionally felt a lot better. And I knew because I believe in the afterlife that I'm going to come back here a little bit cleaner. When I choose my parents this time, it's not going to be under a negotiation. I'm going to be choosing my parents because I have somewhere to go a little quicker than everybody else. Because I won't have to go and fix everyone Hmm. that I owed a contract to. Yeah, I don't like these contracts. No, neither do I. Have you ever had a near-death experience? Two of them. Both drowning. What were they like? Uh, the first one was at five years old, Cote St. Catharines Beach in, in Montreal, Canada. Um, I was in the bottom of the water, no more than probably two feet. Um, beautiful day. You can see the blue sky. You can see the water ripples. And I was drowning. I could not swim. I was like, I was, I was a lead ball in the water. I had no education on swimming. We just didn't do it. And I remember being grabbed by my chest, being picked up and pushed onto a wharf. And I don't know how I got from the water to the wharf. And all I remember was choking out the water because there was no such thing as um, mouth to mouth 
I don't even think it was talked about in the early right. 60s. <laughs> and all I remember was this older lady looking at me saying he has a big mark on his chest. He must have banged something, which it wasn't because I was grabbed by my chest, put on the dock, turned sideways, and I was spitting out water. That was the very first time. And I felt this spirit and I saw this spirit and I can give you a conclusion to it afterwards, but that spirit just said, learn to swim. <laughs> and I learned to swim. <laughs> and then it was there that I was, um, I was, I, I woke up to it. My parents didn't think of anything of it. I was just running around like as if everything was normal come and eat your dinner and have a salad and a hot dog. And nobody ever thought about it because it was a crowded beach. It was a holiday and that's what happened. It was nothing mind blasting about it, but it was, I knew I was dead. And the second time I was 11, I got caught up in a current and you know, the culverts that pull it in in the spring and mm -hmm. they try and take the wash out. I, was picked up by a construction worker that pulled me out and I, I, I was dead then. And believe it or not, mouth to mouth, it was happening six <laughs> years later <laughs> and I was saved for that one. But the experience was horrible because everything was dark and I went into a light, it's not your time, turn around, come back into my body and I was up on this moat with a whole bunch of construction workers looking at me. Hmm. So what do you think it, about um you know not being when you when you're outside of your body it's a really a different experience and i think it really affects a person's perspective when you have that experience of not being in your body any longer what was that like for you and how does that affect you know your perception on being psychic and a being a medium so here's the thing that gets to me with the psychic medium and anything intuitive Everyone says that we've had to go through something traumatic to have this ability. But I was already psychic before I drowned. So I had a hard time believing that throughout, through all of my life right now. But definitely traumatic experiences open up your psyche a little bit more to be more pretentious, more controlled, reviewing everything around you. And um, I don't take life for granted because of it. And I know that when I die, I go directly into a light. And then I'm just going to be, there's no judge or jury here. It is. It looks like you screwed that one up. So I guess you're coming back down to do it again. And I'm going, I guess I did. And then we figure it out all over again. Hmm. But that's my perspective. So if people go to the light when they die, then why are there disincarnate spirits walking around Earth? Uh, these are interesting ones because I just came from a psychiatric ward, uh, an abandoned psychiatric ward that uh, we just went through. Um, and some people were employees of the psychiatric ward that worked there for 40 years. It was a 70-year-old institution. And I picked up on someone who was a curator. Well, I had a curator there, and he was walking us around. And I was calling out these names and he says, oh, I remember Doreen. She was uh, she was always giving everyone their medicine and she had passed away. 
25 years ago, but she was there and she was the friendliest spirit in there. She went to the light. It was boring. She's not ready to come back to earth to do something new. So she wants to just stick around where she loved being, where she felt comfortable. Because if you look at us as human beings, we grow up in our job. We live in our job. Our spouses, our other part of our lives, our marriages, our children, that's a, just a part-time job as to what we do all the time. If you're going to be delivering groceries your whole life, that's what you've done your whole life. And you might not want to let any of that go because it was a good time. So they're afraid. They don't want to change. So they stick around. But the evil, they go, they come back right away. And they don't get to reincarnate right away because they were so evil, so demonic, so dangerous that they can't come back because they're not. It's just not going to happen. And these are the ones that we need to get rid of. Those are the ones that I fight against all the time. And I allow the whiter spirits to leave because they're held captive by these darker energies that are just enjoying themselves. So it's just like what we see on Earth, except in the plane of spirituality, there are just as many assholes in spirit world as there are in the real world. Hmm. So how do you get rid of those darker spirits? Do you do exorcisms, smudgings, anything like that? So I've watched a lot of this. The, uh, the native side, the aboriginal side of myself, is smudging does work and clearing the energy of negative uh, gets rid of them at all times. The harder ones, like the poltergeists, uh, um, they're difficult. And sometimes you just can't get rid of them at all. And I just walk away because I can't, I'm, I can't fix what's broke sometimes. And there is no getting rid of them. Mm -hmm. They're there to stay. But that's as much as they're ever going to do. So imagine what I explained at the beginning of our show here about soul lives going from 1 to 10. This miserable son of a bitch poltergeist is going to be stuck in that dark energy for the rest of eternity for some reason because they don't want the help to move to the light because so many of them, the dark energy, the gray energy, the mischievous energy, they still have it in the back of their heads that maybe I should go to the light and maybe things will change. And that's what I've seen throughout my lifetime. I don't see what other people see like being beaten and scratched and punched and stabbed i've been which has happened to all of me in all of those instances on my show but i can't change that but i can keep them at bay because i warned them you kill me you son of a bitch i will come back and haunt you and you'll never be able to do anything again they seem to walk away it sounds corny but i don't waste time right because that probably throws them off because they're all sort of like, oh, my God, this guy realizes that he's a spirit, too, and can come back and whoop my ass. And that's basically <laughs> what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm the Wyatt Earp of the spiritual world. Don't F with me. <laughs> um, how about, do they possess bodies? Like in yes, the movie The Exorcist? Yes, they do. The heads don't go around in circles, but um, I've seen possession. I've been temporarily um, taken partially, 
maybe about 10% of my personality was removed from me because this poltergeist really wanted me to um, beat up on my cameraman a couple of years ago hmm. for no reason. And I ended up with a temper and I don't have that temper. And um, it just, I turned around, looked at him and I just said, we gotta, you have to stop filming and you can leave the room and I will try and clear this. And I had to see a demonic specialist to help get rid of that poltergeist. And then we had to wait a week to continue or resume filming and then go back and that person wasn't there anymore. Neither was the spirit. Interesting. That seems to happen to like Zach Baggins in every episode. Uh, I don't get along with him at all. Um, I don't know anybody who does. <laughs> <laughs> he is an insult to the paranormal. He is someone that provokes, is, um, is a, a very strong narcissist that he needs that he needs that attention good or bad, it's his, and he's controlling it. His partner originally left him for part of that reason, I understand. Mm -hmm. And I really don't care. But I've seen his show twice, and it's been out for, what, 26 years or something? It's been out a long time. Okay. Because he sensationalizes everything. And with all the electronic gadgets that he's using, he's getting a sense of getting the audience to see what's there when I can go into the same place that he's doing and explain it 10 times better because I'm actually seeing them. So um, he's just like, he, he hurts my reputation. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the provoking and all that stuff either. You know, no. I, I, I've, done some paranormal investigations and I used to live up in New Jersey and for me it was about gathering evidence you know we, we, we would mm -hmm. look for evidence and then take that evidence that we collect and then compare it to historical information to validate that evidence mm -hmm. and, and that was the main way that we worked and I my show Knock Knock Ghost um, they what they were doing was they would find out the history of the place that would go in and get as much information as possible. I did not know any of the locations that we were going to. I, when I did my original psychic tour is what they called it. I would go in cold in the sense of not knowing a thing. And then everything would start happening, evolving. I get names, situations, and it really worked for the show. And it was great, but they never told me how many places were actually very dark, demonic, and dangerous. Mm -hmm. Because they needed the sensationalism. <laughs> you ever go to Waverly Hills? I'm waiting. That's one place I do want to go to. What? What's the? I um, haven't been. What's the darkest place you've been to? Um. On my own, um, the jail that was built under a bridge in Montreal, Quebec. It's a very haunted little 
place that I would not even stay overnight only because I wouldn't come out happy and I'd have to be cleared the whole time because they just rest on your shoulders and they eat away at your energy. They will rip it apart and they don't care. And they don't care if I die because of it. And they wouldn't care even if I went in there after them. They still wouldn't care. That's how dark that was. Hmm. So smart psychic mediums no there's a line and there's a limit <laughs> have you ever been to the bill air house uh yes i have and that was just through a tour kind mm-hmm. of thing and that place is quite exciting to it be is? honest with you do you think there's yep. actually 17 portals there uh, not as many portals as they say i saw three and you can feel the energy of each portal it's interesting do you think that's because of ley lines? I can't say. I wish I could be honest. I, 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 I don't know. But I know that it's a very, very active place. Hmm. Pretty cool. I won't give you answers. that I, I won't tell you a mistruth. I mm-hmm. just won't. It's, my what, profession what you, is already skeptical. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> of um, like these portals that, that, that show up in some of these places? Um like, I mean, like, obviously, I, I, I would assume that some of these are natural occurrences because of maybe magnetic stuff in the earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. But some um, people will say that their um, portals have been opened because of people doing seances and not closing them properly. Do you believe that? 100%. These, are, again, are people that are going in thinking that it's just going to be a fun time. And um, they're just opening up uh, what we consider hell. And these have opportunities to come in. But once they come out of the portal, they have to find another portal to go into. They can't go back into the same one that they came in. No demonic can do that. Interesting. So it's like almost like so a almost like a negative and positive magnetic thing where they can come out of like a positive one and they have to go back into a negative one. A hundred percent. And it's usually thousands of miles somewhere else. They can show up in St. Louis and they have to be someplace in Germany to get back into another portal. Hmm. Um how about like other types of beings, like multidimensional beings? Um beings that have never been human. Do they exist, and do they interfere with human affairs? Uh, I'm going to say yes to all of the above, but I don't know at what level, and I don't know how concerned I would have to be in this lifetime if it will affect me or if it will affect you, but it might affect my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. But how I look at it is um, we're now giving them the term of, of instead of ETs or extraterrestrials, we're just calling them greys. Because as a medium, we see um, ETs, but we call them greys. And uh, they're on a level beyond anything that I would actually grasp or understand. They don't run away from us, even in the spirit world. They just look at you. They'll nod. They'll accept who you are. They don't interfere in that part of our lives. They don't interfere in the spiritual levels of our earthly side. They they just leave you alone. 
They're not there to attack us. They're not there to hurt us. They're not to do any of that. So they have, they're among us. And I'm, I know a lot of my acquaintances will just like go, Jim is off his rocker. But I don't really talk about it very often because it's a very touchy situation where people are having a hard enough time understanding a psychic medium or anybody who's intuitive mm -hmm. that we start talking about ETs and unidentified flying objects and all of these things that are going on. And we're just sitting here and it's, it's, it's not even a conspiracy theory. I don't even think the governments know what they're doing, but they're here. Right. Do you think that there is any type... Well, let me start from the beginning. I've had several guests sure. on my show that have had telepathic communication with Sasquatches. Okay. And, you know, in one of the theories... It was all different theories about what they are. And... Um, but also with them, there's almost always some type of paranormal phenomena associated too. Have you ever looked into any of that? So the, this is the only instance that I've had something where my intuitive senses were freaking out. I was at um, a ranch doing uh, uh, psychic readings for a high profiled ranch someplace in Denver, Colorado. Okay, more near Vale, so it's quite in the mountainous areas. So I like going for walks in the bush. I like taking my time and getting a, and breathing some fresh air and and calming down because the earth itself, the elementals, which we can talk about down the road, they calm me. I feel calm around them, and I can just feel it. Um, I understand what a bear smell is, an elk smell, those type of animals, because my uncles were hunters. So I've never fired a rifle, by the way, or a gun in my lifetime, but they have. And um, it was an awful smell. And it was a smell that I never had before. But I felt this tingling around me. And I heard this weird whistle. And out of nowhere, the scent went away, the smell went away, everything went away. And I had a witness with me who lived there forever and said she's never felt anything like that before in her life. And there were there were uh, people or uh, in the past that were on this ranch that said that they had actually felt or seen Bigfoot or had things thrown at them. All I felt was a horrible smell and I felt the essence of a portal or the residual of a porter, portal, mm -hmm. sorry. So that's that's my closest thing to that. But I don't think they're here to harm us, but they're no. definitely going from one plane to another, and they're making fun of us, saying, you can't catch me. <laughs> well, that's, that sort of lines up with what a lot of my, my guests have said about, okay. about that, especially Ron Moorhead. He, he's really oh, yes. big into the, you know that, that type of um, theory about Bigfoot. And it makes perfect sense to me. Actually, mm -hmm. um, so oh, go ahead. They, they, we all have. There's. I think we're just getting over ourselves. Human beings are getting over ourselves that there's more out there than just us. Here in Ontario, Canada, if you look it up, 
since the pandemic, so now it's we're going on 20 months here, um, there's been over 800 sightings where we would have maybe eight or nine that people would make fun of. Mm-hmm. Now we've had over 800 and people are going, I've seen this and that, and uh, not one of them have been explained. So that's pretty cool for me. That is cool. Do you think that humans are the most intelligent species on this planet? I think we're the weakest. Why is that? Even on our spiritual level, look at me, and I'm not putting us down. I'm just wishing that I could have all of that intelligence. I learn so many things every day. I learn something new. And for and for um, a gray to live amongst us, or a shapeshifter, or a trickster, as they call them, to change and do certain things, that's more intelligent than what we have. We, we all work We were told always to be afraid of something, even if it wasn't something out there. We're always in this panic mode of they're here to kill us or they're here to destroy us. And we take too much of the entertainment value of fear and we bring it into our everyday lives. But I think if we were calmer about it, I think more of this extraterrestrial would start visiting us a little bit more often and not see us so threatening. Hmm. Do you think there's any other mammals that are smarter than us, such as like killer whales, dolphins, or things like that? Um, I'm not very good in, in the ocean stuff, but if a whale can talk to another whale that is about five miles away and then they come together and communicate, because they're having a child soon or like a a baby whale. I mean, that's kind of cool for me and Mm -hmm. how dolphins want to save us and help us. I find that like just by watching television, how intelligent these animals are, mammals are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Elephants too. Elephants bury their young. It's incredible. It is. You know, so it's, there's more than to our earthly beings on earth it's just that we're not seeing them all yeah and it seems like some of these animals possess some psychic abilities mm-hmm. just um I, I i don't know even a simple dog sometimes like a poodle <laughs> is allegedly one of the smartest animals in the world so go figure that you know yeah it's trained but they're one of the smartest and quickest animals to learn something. So there's something behind that too, for sure. Hmm. But I want, I don't want to own a poodle. No. Do you have no. a dog? No, I, my past life, my other marriage. Uh, no, there were more animals in my house than I care to mention. So, so you don't even have a cat? Not even a cat. Fish. I did for a while. I had some saltwater fish, but, uh, we had a bad power outage. I lost them all. <laughs> I'll never forgive myself. <laughs> Animals are not your thing. No. <laughs> How about plant communication? Um, elementals, 100%. Always have to so let's talk about the elementals a little bit. What are they? Okay. Where did they come from? And what do they do? Don't know where they come from. 
I know that they're on Earth. I know that they're on our, they're in our environment from water to a blade of grass to the moss to a tree. Um, they are out there communicating with everybody. They know when a tree has been broken and they're trying to fix it, or they're this one tree needs water, then they'll create the shade around it. Uh, there's so many different things that elementals will do and they'll help us find our way home or they'll get us found. And they don't know why, like they had this autistic child here who was lost for three days in the forest here in Ontario. They had given up, it was full of coyotes, full of uh, animals that could have hurt this child. And the child was unscathed bathing and drinking spring water when one of the uh, guards found him. He was protected by the elementals, for sure, because the child was autistic. There was an issue there, and maybe they were the elementals related to the autistic child, and the autistic child related to the elementals and had no fear. The child just put his arms up and just went to the police officer. It was amazing. They had it on film. It was crazy. But I believe that if you screw with our environment, like they've done to the rainforests, they're going to get back to us somehow. So you think we can piss them off and, you know. They're the ones who've created the tsunamis and volcanoes and earthquakes and everything else that we have that Mother Nature is offering us. Hmm. It's environmental, but it's also elemental. But it does My seem opinion. But it does seem like um, they'll they'll help humans, especially for like small offerings. Oh yeah, absolutely. I will always carry um, a bottle of water. I will carry nuts for the animals that are feeding into their trees and the environment. And it's with respect that they don't trip me up on on a on a walk in a mountainous area or. I won't go drowning again, and they'll protect me and give me the light to get home. It's good. Have you ever been in a forest, Gary, late at night, no stars, and watch the trees breathe? Have you ever seen that? I've never seen them breathe, but I've been in the woods, at, certainly at night, quite a bit. If, if you can get into a farmer's field and there is no light anywhere, you can see the trees actually breathe. The aura colors are... Uh, a, a beautiful light yellow and it comes in and out it's taking in the you know it's taking mm -hmm. in the carbon monoxide and giving us oxygen and it is such a cool thing that was the very first thing i saw as a child wow you know that's one of the, the things talking trees I, i've always been curious about trees because i always wonder like trees can be so much older than a human mm -hmm. and and just by being in one place all that time, all the things they must see, experience, and have in their memory, they, they would have to be smarter than me. I believe in you. I'm only that little laugh is you're making sense. Hmm. So I see that. I like for me, for I love making fires because that's a cleansing for me. So what happens for me is I'll make sure that the wood that I, I take has already been dead wood or it's been, it, it's not being utilized for anything. It, it is given back to the earth, but mm -hmm. I'm looking for it for, to cook my meal or to say, and I say thanks back. 
and I'll take an acorn and I'll push it in the ground and I'll do all kinds of crazy things like that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, do you think that there are any spirits on earth, um, kind of like what the Bible says, that, that there were, there, that before humans, there was like these other spirit beings on this planet that got angry when humans were created? don't know i i wish i could answer that one that one you've got me so, so that's a good question i just can't i don't have an opinion hmm. um sorry no that's fine fine <laughs> do you think that uh governments and religions want to keep people um unaware of their psychic abilities um if we now start opening records to different things that we're seeing, obviously, uh, psychic mediums have been used. Um, um, I'm trying to remember remote viewers mm -hmm. are big deals for the um, for the government and those type of things. And I've met a couple of remote viewers. They freak me the crap out. Really? They do because I can't not believe how. They, I can be somewhere and they'll describe it not perfectly but damn close to it and they've never been there before and it mm -hmm. wasn't a test it was a test that they wanted and just say Jim where are you going tonight and I say well I'm going to be investigating this place can I do a remote viewing for you before you go in I just want to see what's bad out there and I'm saying okay why did you do that so she goes to where I'm going hours before I show up and she's giving me the insider, don't go into the basement. There, You're going to get wet feet. Don't go here because there's a lot of elementals there that are very upset. Uh, I feel a dark energy in a room that is left to the bathroom. And, and I walk in, and it's so true that it, those are the things that are happening. Hmm. So it's, it's interesting. That's pretty cool. I'm actually taking a remote viewing course in October with um, David Morehouse, who wrote the remote viewing handbook for the CIA. Wow. Good for you. I'm jealous now because that is something that I would like to be doing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, they say that we all can do it, by the way. Mm -hmm. They say every human being can remote view. And why it's not? Just being, it's just being trained to mm -hmm. do it so. And it's one of the it's not the simplest form of intuitiveness, but it is a, an intuitive sense that we all have. Because we're going, hey, I'm going to rent this cottage I've never been to before. And we visually try and think what it's going to look like. And a lot of the times we're pretty damn on. You know? Yeah. And it's not looking at our laptops or imagine we didn't have laptops and phones and everything else back in the day, right? And we're going, hmm, I think this is going to be a kind of a cool place. <laughs> do you think that the use of technology such as laptops and phones hamper people from being able to use their psychic abilities because we don't have to rely on them as much 100 percent. i'm you and i are doing this today uh zoom is my favorite thing to use and I, we're, we're connecting them to something we don't get a credit for it um but i find that we're so involved with our phones, our, our 
our data, everything that's available to us within an instant, our brains are becoming lazy, are turning into mush, and we're just following the leader here. I use this for work, but I don't use it to investigate a place. I don't, when somebody tells me you're gonna go to an asylum, I'm going, cool, let me know when we're going. Let me figure it out. Mm -hmm. Let me see how right I am. And I really, I think it's gonna be, people will shy away from this in about another 20 years. Not completely, but they're not gonna use this as, it's not gonna be fun anymore. No one's gonna talk to anyone. Have you ever tried to drive somewhere without directions that you didn't know how to get to? I still do. You do? Someone tells me that uh, it's old school, but it, 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 it talents our brainwaves and it makes us, it exercises our opportunity. When they tell you, and I ask them to do this, and I don't do it all the time, but if I'm going to drive down to a place up north, they're going to say, you're going to come to this Shell gas station with a flashing light. You're going to turn left. You're going to go four miles. You're going to turn right onto this dirt road. We're going to leave a balloon there, and we're there without using a map or using our phones. And it works. It actually does because we're being descriptive, and we're trying to use our brain to analyze what we're doing, where we're going. And the uh, I find that people panic if they don't know exactly how to get there and how many minutes it takes. It's a panic. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like our sense of direction is even like a psychic ability. Yeah, absolutely. That's what hones me in on my craft. That's why I am able to do these things because I know how to use a map. I've shown a map to my couple of my 18-year-old, 19-year-old family friends and they're going, what the hell is this for? (laughs) So I believe that everybody has psychic ability. I think the thing is you know, there's there's people like you who who've lived many lifetimes and you know are going through a lifetime now, where whereas part of what you're supposed to be doing right now. Um, but I do think like for other people, they can learn how to use some of their abilities. Um, and do do you agree with that? And is there any methods or practices that you would suggest to people to help? open up those abilities um a lot of people a lot of my follower listenership my followers they always ask me to put psychic classes on because they feel like they have this intuitive ability and they want to learn or progress with it and what we do is the kiss attitude is keep it simple silly and uh we go to the basics uh hold up a card you know what's behind the card the ace of spades what is it tell us those kind of things keep that momentum of your brain trying to trigger their energy it's not so much the card that you're looking at but you're reading their feeling that energy and that's what i've learned because they'll go to me oh you know uh what's the color what color is behind that behind that white paper that you can't see i'm going okay thank you and then I'm looking at your guides and I'm going, oh, it's orange. You know, I'll get that. And I'm pretty good. I'm very successful at it. And I think all of us could be that way. If we tune our energy into the person, pay attention to the person, look at them, feel them, understand what's going on with them, because they're trying to trick us to not guess what that orange circle was, 
but they're actually saying it so often in their head by trying to hide it that we pick it up. How about the reverse? Do you think there are people with zero psychic ability? I haven't met one yet. I, I, I understand where you, I've been asked this question before. Um, I think everyone has it because you have an intuition of, uh, if I put my hand in the fire, it's not going to work. There's an intuition, there's a feeling, there's a gut feeling that there's something wrong or something that's not working or something that's good. Let's take a chance. I don't know what my gut feeling is, but I better not go into that house without a club in my hand or I'm going to get killed. You know, it's I, I know that sounds like an extreme, but it's, it's I, what I'm trying to put is the we're thinking all times intuitively what's on the other side what is there and a lot of the time we're correct hmm. so i've had you know i've interviewed a lot of psychics and mediums and i've had some say that you know being psychic is a spiritual practice and then i've had other people say it is not a spiritual practice at all it's just something that an ability a natural ability and then i've had other people say it's, it's a little bit of both what do you think um it's, we gave it the term spiritual, so it's a psychic ability. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, it, no way did the Bible tell me that uh, I'm a psychic medium. I'm actually the devil compared to what Catholicism says. So our ability as a psychic is we have these intuitive feelings and ability to adjust to the energy that's around us. We're energy beings. Water, everything is a vibration. So we, we're feeling things, we're looking at things, and we're thinking on a different level than everybody else. And we just have to mature to get that working. Because hmm. we all have it. Look, I've got a, I've got a young kid that's pretty damn good at, what she, uh, at her abilities already. And I have to teach her not to say things to too many people because it'll make them feel uncomfortable. Interesting. You know... The Bible's filled with psychics, like Moses, and I mean, almost, almost every character in the Bible has some type of psychic ability. I, I find it strange that they would shun it. Um, which, because it was too unpredictable. A psychic was uh, predicting the future or telling us of our past. And if we were a sinner, a psychic would be able to tell you that we were that sinner. So, who wants to be told that you were a sinner when we're a product of our whatever belief that you have? So, of course, they would shun us. Hmm. Well, I admit to My being, I, I'm okay with being a sinner. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a problem with it. Sometimes it's fun. Me neither. It, it is. I don't like rules. Yeah, me either. <laughs> That's why but, I'm always in trouble. <laughs> me too. But I follow them enough that um, I it's not that I'm looking to get away with anything I just don't believe that I have to listen to what Gary's telling me to do today because Gary says that's what I'm supposed to do <laughs> I'm gonna go well Gary you go do that right now and have fun with it okay right uh, if, if anybody does what I say tell them to do they're gonna be in deep shit <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I'm just, I'm just warning them now. <laughs> no wonder you and I have been divorced, you know? 
Well, that was one of the reasons uh, I heard was because I was too rebellious. I don't listen. Stubborn. But part of your, you ask, uh, part of your personality is you want to learn more about what people are feeling and thinking. And we are just a little knit in this world. Mm -hmm. And you and I are trying to explore everything that's out there before we die. Yeah. And we want to know more and more and more. We want to know the old school way with new school values uh, through through computers, through podcasts, through everything, where we never were given that information. And now we have it right in front of us. And people don't like the idea of us being the modern explorer into things that people don't get and don't want to get. So, of course, people aren't going to want to behave in the same way as we are, but we're not asking them to. We're just saying, at the end of the day, when we lie down in bed together and our head is there, I still love you, mm-hmm. but I'm just a different person than you. But you can't find that very often. <laughs> I mean, I'm not asking for much. I just want to know the origin of existence. Is, is, that, asking, <laughs> hard. is that asking too much? It isn't, because I've been curious about that since I was five. When I asked my grandfather, <clears throat> um, um, wh- why does this chicken taste so good? He just says, because I know how to cook it. Well, how do you cook it? <laughs> I need to know the reason. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we're doing, but we're doing it on a different level. Because with modern technology, which is an advanced tool for all of us, is on closed caption TV, we have seen things that are unbelievable and unexplainable. But we also have a good majority of people that are bots and 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 idiots who are trying to get five minutes of fame by trying to say that that's a UFO when it's just like a how they used to do it the pie plates mm-hmm. the invisible fishing string on a tree like it's been they've been doing that forever to throw everybody off or to try and make their claim to fame and all I'm saying is we're the logical ones here now because we're asking the questions that nobody has wanted to ask before. I'm explaining things that I've never explained before. I've lost friends because of who I am in this day and life. And I'm not feeling one bit sad about it because I've grown and I, you can call me every name in the book and it's okay because it's like water off a duck's back. I still know my path. I'm still loved and I'm still respected. Absolutely. Um, when you've talked about the the um, you know the, the the ten different levels of being, mm-hmm. do you think that there is a purpose, a grand purpose, to existence? I do, and that's where that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the grand puba. I'm trying to figure out if I am in the stage of nine ten. And I get to 10 and I don't have to come back to this miserable earth of misconception. And I'm going to go into another plane. I'm going to be doing this all over again, but in a different plane, but with a much better awareness and a much better understanding of what life is about and what life's purpose is about. We're here to learn and explore. 
We didn't do it good the first time, and we keep on coming back until we get it right. And once we get it right, we get permission to go up to that next level. That fourth dimensional feeling of energy is fabulous, but I don't get it enough. Hmm. Do you think it's possible that we can reach a certain point where we become gods ourselves and become our own great cosmic dreamer, creating our own universes and multiverses and and infinite realities? No gods. I think, out of all honesty, watching our this earthly plane, I think we all become equals. You're not better than me. I'm not better than you. You have the same abilities as I do. It's not a boring world. We're just going to take it and explore different universes. Mm-hmm. But this one right now is the one that we're really being punished for and learning more from it because we are so ignorant and not wanting to believe and so many conspiracies and just let someone believe if you don't believe it go to the next room and believe into something that you want to believe but don't punish someone for their beliefs let it be oh absolutely Absolutely. i don't judge that see that's the part that i don't judge that's good that's that's one that's the most important thing to not judge Mm -hmm. is freedom uh, of speech the freedom of ideas the inventors you know, Edison, the light bulb, the the penicillin dude, all of these people. Mm-hmm. There's a purpose for them. Yeah. Like, I don't care if people disagree with me. In fact, if people disagree with me, I think that's a good thing because then they're asking their own questions. And then it's going to make them go look for their own answers. I, 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 I 100% agree with you. I've just started this podcast traveling show for myself because I love answering the questions that I'm getting and understanding that this is kind of cool because I'm getting perspectives from people I've never met before that are asking me the coolest goddamn questions. I'm going, I, can, I don't know that answer, but I, now I want to know. And every recorded podcast that I listen to and I listen to myself going, oh, you hesitated there, Mr. Hunt. That's something that you don't know and you want to find out about it. That's kind of cool. And then you start exploring more because... Christ Almighty, at 62, I don't want to be sitting on a rocking chair in a veranda saying, get off my goddamn grass. I want to be able to say, <laughs> hey, I want to smoke that grass. Let me find out what it's all about. Like, well, <laughs> Have you ever done any psychedelics? Uh, as a kid, absolutely. I'm a child of the 60s, man. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I have. <laughs> Do you think the expanded consciousness? No, I was just really high, and it didn't happen. No, it, it really, it just, it just like, I think I was foolish in every single one of those actions. It was more masculine and acid at the time. That's what was out there in my day and age, you know. And all I did was my, my perception of music, and the sounds had much more clarity. Mm-hmm. Then you come down, you get the headache, the chills, and going, why did I do that? And then you do it all over again because you wanted that experience. But (laughs) if it doesn't happen again the same way, I won't do it again. Mm -hmm. You get the experience once. You ever do angel dust? No, I've heard about it. It's great stuff. I don't even think they make it anymore, though. 
Oh, no. California makes everything. <laughs> Would you ever do ayahuasca? I have. You have? What was that like? My, uh, from my native side. Um, it made me open up my eyes to my own soul, to believe in myself more, to let go of a lot of the past, to um, not be in pain as much as I was as a child. Um, I had a lot of traumatic loss as a child, so um, I thought it was my fault. That's how bad it was for me. So that gave me the freedom to let go of a lot of the things that were interfering in my life. So it was healing. Hmm. It was extremely healing. That's good. Sicker than a dog, but healing. (laughs) You did it with a shaman? I did it with a shaman. Two different shamans twice in my lifetime. Cool. But I don't need to do it again because I get my purpose. That's a... It's interesting because I, I agree to like like with those type of experiences you only need to do them a couple of times, and yeah. and I also believe there's there, there there's more than one way to do it like like for me meditation works really well. Wow, that's amazing for you. See, I can't meditate for ten seconds, but hmm. my form of meditation will do the same thing as your meditation, and that is to smoke a joint, look at the aquarium, and listen to Pink Floyd. <laughs> Yeah, I can, I think I can do it. I've, I would actually love to do like, like a three or four month type of retreat of just nothing but meditating. See, and I think that's commendable, Gary. But um, I couldn't do it. I'm attention deficit in a way. My hyperness, my psychic ability. I don't think I can't sit still. I don't even sleep. You know, I all? average between. Oh, I do sleep, but I have to, or my body would have shut down by now. I'm aver- I average since the age of five between three and six hours a night. Hmm. You know, Chuck Norris, he doesn't sleep. He waits. I heard about that. That's weird. <laughs> Had to get a Chuck Norris joke in there. <laughs> you got to do it. Um. So before we wrap this up, where can sure. my listeners find you? And fi- like I know you have the, the, the show on Amazon. You, yep. you have your website. Um, so where can my listeners find all this? So um, I'm on Instagram, and it's at Jim Hunt Official. Twitter is at Jim Hunt Official. My website is jimhuntofficial.com. <laughs> So I'm trying to keep everything as official one official. <laughs> and I didn't know I had to do official until my manager said, Hey, you've got to be official. Otherwise people are going to take your name and use it. And I was very blessed that I was able to take it and keep it. And nobody can take it because I paid for it. But um, uh, another thing for my friends, my listeners and the people that want to book with me, I work from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Thursday. The rest of the time, I'm in a learning curve. I'm going to people's homes to smudge. I'm getting rid of things. I'm doing things other than just doing psychic readings, which everyone gets really mad at me because they have a hard time booking. Mm -hmm. And to the American side, you guys are getting a 30 cent on the dollar discount. 
and my Canadian fans are really pissed off at that. So, <laughs> and it's 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 important for people to know that you will have my attention, like you and I have had that conversation. And I wipe clean, and I go on to the next client, and you get the same attention the whole time. I am not talking about me. I'm talking about them, what they're going through, what they can do to change. Automatically, they want to go into the life coaching side, and the life coaching side, people are waiting about a month to a month and a half to see me. Hmm. It's good. Like I mean, I, I'm not going to complain here, yeah. but it's I feel responsible as an empath because I'm not seeing enough people and they get mad at me. So that's my downfall. <laughs> but it's also good because the people that you are seeing are getting your attention where if you overextend yourself, you know, you, you can't give people that same amount of energy. Like I know even for myself with the podcasting, like sometimes like I'll do like five or six in a day. I'll record them it's all. But, I will say by the sixth one, I know I'm starting. <laughs> You're slurring your yeah, words. You're yeah, done. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping for guests that just talk a lot. <laughs> I have a problem. I I'll talk when I'm asked a question, but I rarely will speak out of turn. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just kind of use my intuition with the whole podcasting thing. It's sort of one of my ways of practicing some of my psychic ability. And Gary, you have a purple aura about you, so you do have an intuitive side to you that's strong. Thank you. You just have to believe a little bit longer in your opportunities and trust that judgment from your third eye directly into your heart chakra. Because your throat, you already know how to speak and talk to talk, but you need now to feel it more. And as you get older, you're going to love this because it gets better in age, just like a good bottle <laughs> of wine. I agree. That things definitely get better as I get as I get older. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't question like I I don't question myself anymore like I did when I was young. Oh, I know. That that was like the it's worst. Always. always questioning myself. Mm -hmm. Am I doing the right thing? Is it my imagination? What is this? <laughs> what am I doing? And, <laughs> and if we, and if we learn those things and we don't have anybody to share it with like we are now, it was harder on us back then. Mm -hmm. It was more difficult. We alienated ourselves from people. People would look at us and think that, oh, look, at that's an introvert. He's not talking or saying anything. I'm not going to say anything because you're going to want to beat the crap out of me for telling you that, you know, <laughs> that, that, that you're an asshole. That is one of the things you do pick up on the people you don't want to relate to, and then people think you're an asshole. <laughs> uh, right off the bat. <laughs> Fantastic. And we live so, with it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to post the links to your website and okay. your all your other links as well, Instagram okay. and all that. And in those to this episode, some of the listeners can find you. Thank and, you. And um, any plans for a book? Yes, I've got to do a book. I, 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 I'm trying. I truly am. Um, but I'm not good at talking a lot about myself without having someone present asking me the questions. Mm -hmm. So I have no, no funniness, but I have a ghostwriter. 
who doesn't know me, but checks out on the intuitive side of life and has read a lot of books. And this person is asking me the questions about how you were doing it today. And we're going from when I started. So we're on about chapter six right now. Oh, awesome. So it's, it's going to be there. And I just want to do it because it's going to be a book to learn with too, because I have to give that to my daughter who's so intuitive as well. Cool. That's why I'm writing it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. Well, you're going to have to come back when the book's out. I certainly will. I would love to. Fantastic. Well, thanks for being on, man. This was a pleasure talking to you and getting this to know was, you. That, Gary, I had a lot of fun with you. You're an amazing host. And keep up the good work because uh, you're putting the word out there for some good psychic mediums and <laughs> a lot of other people. I've, I've gone on your website. It's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Well, hang on for one moment, and I'm just going to play the outro. Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll